Hello, it's The Ghost. Welcome to A Stranger World Than Fiction, where we are taking a look at what's all going on out there, the oddities and strange that others are claiming to be true. With a lot of the stuff that we discuss, the problem with it is it's not seen collectively. You have a story here and there, maybe even a small group of people, but until the entire world sees it and somehow it's put on the news, can we really believe any of it? We do know one thing, though. We're all on the countdown, the countdown to death. We will die one day. But what happens right before we die? Are we notified? Are those we love notified? This is kind of a long one, so take a listen, pay attention. These are people sharing what happened to them. Let me know if you think what they have to say really happened. From Mysterious Universe, back in 2019, we have this share of bizarre real encounters with the Grim Reaper. You have to wrap your head around that one and open up your mind. This says, throughout history and across cultures, there have been long tales of entities signifying the avatar or personification of death itself. These spirits, gods, whatever you want to call them, have taken many forms. But in many Western cultures, this is the distinctive entity of the Grim Reaper. A tall, hooded, shadowy thing with its face concealed, carrying a scythe in many incarnations. It seems as if it must all surely be a piece of legend or myth. Yet there are many cases of people who claim to have actually come across this specter of death and they have quite the stories to tell. There are actually a surprising number of accounts of people encountering cloaked entities that seem very much keeping with the image of the literal Grim Reaper in both appearance and behavior. Of course, this entails the entity appearing before a person's death, and sure enough, there are numerous tales of encounters seeming to herald such a tragedy. One such account was given on Live About with a witness named Dale R., whose mother passed away in February of just 2013, but not before some very strange phenomena would go down. His mother had been very sick in bed for the better part of a decade, with kidney and heart problems, and making things somewhat more difficult for the family was the fact that their house itself seemed to be haunted, with shadowy apparitions, spotted instances of objects moving on their own, and with the odd activity picking up noticeably in the days leading up to the mother's death, Dale says, at night when she was in bed, mom would see a person walk from the hallway in a red glow until it got to her bedroom. It would come through the wall and approach her side of the bed. It had a long black hat on that came down to a point and glowing red eyes. On February 2nd, my mom went to the hospital with a high heart rate and low blood pressure, telltale signs of heart failure. Two days later, she came home, had her favorite dinner, and watched her programs. My brother and I came and spent the night once more. Then around 3.47 in the morning, she hollered because she saw that entity again. My brother and I went in, but nothing was there. The following morning, my brother picked them up for dialysis. But by the time they made it 300 feet from the house, my mother had passed away in the vehicle. They got her to Marquette Hospital once more where the neurologist said she had no brain function and that she was gone. Now I think of the creature my brother and I saw at a local cemetery while driving by it one night. 
It was large and had tattered cloth on. It was standing atop a freshly done grave. Though I know what my brother and I had seen for that split second was the Grim Reaper, I can't figure out what my mother had been seeing all of those nights. Another account here comes from the site Encounters with the Unexplained, from a poster who says this happened in the year 2000 and that it gravitated towards his great-grandfather. The man told him about a dream he had had the night before, which would seem to be in some ways particularly darkly prophetic. The poster shared, I have my own story to tell of the Grim Reaper coming to visit a loved one. It was early 2000. My great-grandfather woke one morning to tell us of a dream he had the night before. He said, the man with the sickle came for me last night. That immediately sent a chill right through me. He continued by telling us that the doorbell rang, and when he opened it, there stood the hooded man with the sickle in one hand. He looked at my great-grandpa and said that he was there for Jacob. When I asked my great-grandpa what he said next, he proceeded to tell us that he told the entity he had the wrong house and that he slammed the door shut in his face. That caused each of us to let out a giggle or two to set our fears aside. We knew it would be not very long before we lost him, and as he was saying other things relating to the other side, we figured it was all part of the same thing. But a few months later, Grandpa died at the age of 92, three days following my great-grandmother. So what does that all mean? Did this dream have anything to do with the deaths? Was it perhaps more than just a dream? And who can know for sure? From the site Ranker, we have another account. The account of a woman who claims she had been sick in bed at a hospital, sharing a room with a terminally ill woman who, rather disturbingly, never spoke or reacted to anyone. However, this would change on the night just before the witness was meant to be discharged from the hospital, and she would awake to a very bizarre experience indeed, of which she reports, I was awakened by a voice in my room. It was a woman's voice, but I couldn't make out what she was saying. I opened my eyes, but there was no one in the room, just me and my roommate who was incoherent the entire time that we shared a room. Assuming it was a nurse in the hall, I tried falling back asleep, but suddenly there was a loud, frantic voice shouting, No, no, you can't take me. I will not go. I opened my eyes again, and the room was much, much darker, and my roommate was sitting straight up in her bed, screaming with complete and utter conviction towards the foot of her bed, almost like a child objecting to bedtime. She was crying. She was still sitting straight up, looking at something, listening very intently for what seemed like forever. Then she began to whisper, yes and no, between little whimpers. Then she laid back down, and I watched the darkness just leave the room. Was this the literal Grim Reaper? Also from Ranker, there's a report of a woman calling herself Ashley Dawn, who claims that her grandmother had spoken of seeing apparitions of a hooded figure in the year leading up to her death from pneumonia. Ashley did not believe these stories at first, dismissing them as rantings of an old woman. That is, until she saw something strange for herself one evening. The witness explains what happened, says, I turned and saw it beside my bed. There stood a small dark figure about three feet in height, wearing a black cloak with a hood, no face, and about two feet from my face. 
It looked like a small grim reaper without the blade. I was in shock, but not scared. I looked at it for about a minute, then it turned, glided out of my room. I got out of my bed and followed it down the hall to my grandmother's room where it faded away. Eerily enough, the woman would see the same apparition on several occasions, always lurking about her grandmother's room. And these sightings would stop upon the death of her grandmother. Kind of gives you the chills, doesn't it, guys? How about this? A very harrowing account of the Grim Reaper appearing before death comes from the site Weird Darkness. With a witness came Heather Circle, saying that her aunt, Amy, had seen it after spending a whole day looking for her child's sippy cup without success. It started when her husband, John, was away on a business trip, with Amy being awoken one night by a loud thud and the sight of a seven-foot-tall cloaked apparition that exuded a frigid coldness about it and was surrounded by a stench like rotting meat. She says of what happened next, Frozen with pure terror, she tried to scream, but no sound came out. As her eyes adjusted, she could see the creature's face. It had a very small head about the size of a grapefruit on its enormous shoulders. Its face was wrinkled and saggy, shriveled like a rotten apple. The eyes were like jet black dimes. It was draped in what my aunt described as an Eskimo's coat, thick with a fur lining. In its gloved hand, it held a little pink sippy cup. After a minute of the creature's unsettling stare, it dropped that cup onto the floor and then walked away. When Amy received motion again, she grabbed John's hunting rifle and cautiously cleared the house. She checked the children, who were still asleep in their beds, and then called her husband and my mother. The next morning, she found the sippy cup in her remote laying in the middle of her hallway. Amy described to my mother that the creature that visited her felt like death. And two weeks later, at the age of 25, Amy was diagnosed with terminal cancer. That gives me more chills than the last one. This would become more harrowing still, though, when the witness herself would be visited by this entity in the days after this terrifying experience as her and her mother struggled to take care of her ailing aunt. One evening, she says that as she was waiting for her mother out in the car, the beams of her headlights happened to be aimed right at her sick aunt's bedroom window. And that was when she saw something she can't explain. And the ensuing sequence of events would convince her that her aunt had been telling the truth and that this had been the literal Grim Reaper. She says, I saw the curtains move and at the very top portion of the window, I saw a face looking at me. I saw a small wrinkled head with little shark-like eyes. It grinned at me and then disappeared behind the curtains. Within seconds of seeing the creature, the car began to shake violently. I had never been more horrified. I screamed for my mother. As soon as my mother walked out the front door, the car suddenly stopped. As soon as my mother got into the car, I cried and tried to explain what happened. I couldn't speak right, though. I was stuttering. The words wouldn't flow. As we drove down the street, the car seemed to be pulling from one side of the road to the other. It felt like we had a flat tire. My mother pulled the car over and inspected the wheels. The lug nuts on all the tires had been loosened to the point of almost falling off. I knew right then that the creature that I saw staring at me through the window had done this. It was trying to kill us. At the age of 26, my aunt passed away. I know now that the creature that visited my aunt and showed itself to me 
was the Grim Reaper. It has been 20 years since this all happened, but I still find myself thinking about all of it, all of the time. I always am wondering when I will see the Grim Reaper again. Yeah, that's a tough one, guys. It happened really quickly, too. All right, moving on, we come to an account from Unexplained Mysteries with a poster who says that the Grim Reaper was witnessed by his sister in the days leading up to the death of his nephew. He had been handicapped since suffering brain damage in a near-drowning accident years before. He says that the phenomena started one night when his sister woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of footsteps in the hallway outside her bedroom which she had presumed to be on her visiting half-sister. But there was no response when she called out her name. As they waited there in the gloom, wondering who was in the hall, a very frightening experience would unfold, of which he says, an average-sized, says his sister estimates him to be around six feet tall. A hooded being in a black robe had entered the room, whispering an incomprehensible chant and ending each time with the Mama, she said that the beings present felt very evil and she felt paralyzed with the fear. This being, interestingly, seemed to glide over the floor even though she initially heard footsteps. He came around to her side of the bed, continuing to chant, which became louder every time he said it. He then took his hand and grabbed onto her and it hurt badly and continued to hurt for a few days afterwards. She told him to stop and the being disappeared. My sister then ran to check on her children, who were all sleeping and unharmed, but not for long. Within a week's time, my handicapped nephew passed away. At first, it seems that no one made any connection between the death and the spooky incident. It was mostly just written off as sleep paralysis, which isn't that awesome either, is it, guys? But this notion began to change when he talked with his sister. Upon speaking with her, a person who he describes as a very intelligent, professional, level-headed person, he began to consider that something very strange was going on. And he goes on to say, When my sister first told me this story, the first thing that came to my mind was sleep paralysis. However, she insisted that she wasn't even asleep. She was just laying in her bed and didn't even intend on sleeping because she wasn't particularly tired. She's never experienced anything like this before and is not a huge believer in the paranormal. My sister's always been very intelligent and professional, level-headed, no history of mental illness, proneness to hallucinations or delusions. Both of us, he says, have been searching for some kind of answer ever since this event, and neither of us can come up with much of a conclusion. I then began to consider the possibility of an emotional vision possibly stemming from the fact that her son hadn't been doing all that well at the time, and her fears and concerns were maybe projected as a visual experience. But she insists that the being was physical and put out the reminder that it had grabbed onto her. At first, she considered the entity to be a demonic hooded figure. It was only after I asked her whether her son died soon, before or after the experience, that I considered the possibility of it being the Grim Reaper. Again, I'm still skeptical that this happened in a physical sense, but it certainly has made a lasting impression on her as she continues to deny over and over again that this is a hallucination, that it maybe was a dream or sleep paralysis. I do believe her, he says. She's not the type to just make things up, but we're both still searching for answers on what this could have been. 
Is it the Grim Reaper or is it something else? There's a commenter on David's musings who says that the Grim Reaper has followed him around to appear and herald death on a couple of occasions. The first time when he was just eight years old, when he was on a field trip to SeaWorld in Biloxi, Mississippi. He had been having fun with his classmates, enjoying a pleasant day out, when he found himself needing a bathroom break. This is where he would have his first experience with the omen of death. He says, in those days, you did nothing without a teacher's permission. I don't know how it is today, he says. Well, we can inform him it's very different, isn't it? But okay, back then you asked for permission to even leave for a bathroom break. I first looked for my teacher. She was sitting on a park bench with another teacher and a man wearing a long grayish suit. I thought it was odd since it was the middle of September and it was probably 93 degrees even in the shade. I tentatively went to where she was and asked to go to the bathroom. I looked at the man. His skin was chalk white and he stared at me with these deep, big bags around his eyes. He was also very bald. I looked at him and then asked Mrs. Gromsley, my teacher, for permission to go to the bathroom. She immediately smiled, looked to her left to see what I was looking at, and told me I could go. I thought it was odd that she didn't introduce me to this man, but I went on to the bathroom. After washing my hands, I went back outside, and there was quite the commotion going on. One of the teachers was actually screaming, and several other teachers were running around the bench where my teacher and others had been sitting. Mrs. Gromsley had collapsed. She was laying on the ground motionless, and one of the other teachers was pushing on her chest. A teacher apparently had found a payphone. There was no such thing as a cell phone back then. This was in 1959. There also was no 911 service. She told the operator an ambulance was needed immediately at the park. And about 30 minutes later, an ambulance did finally arrive, but it was too late for my teacher, Mrs. Gromsley. I found out later from my mother that the beloved gray-haired third-grade teacher had died of a heart attack. I remember I cried about that. I was not sure what death meant. I was only eight years old. I just knew that Mrs. Gromsley would not be teaching me any longer. Several days after my teacher's funeral, I asked the other teacher who was there, who was the bald-headed man sitting next to my teacher on the park bench. and She looked at me with puzzlement and said, there was no man sitting next to Mrs. Gromsley in the park, David. Well, I insisted there was a man seated next to Mrs. Gromsley and that he stared at me the entire time I was there. But she told me I had to be mistaken that the death of my teacher must have had me seeing things. But I insisted that was not the case. The teacher dismissed my statement altogether. I asked several others who were near Mrs. Gromsley and the teacher that day, but no one else saw the man either. Nothing. Only I saw him. I told my mother about it, and she just hugged me. No one believed me, but I knew what I saw. What was it? The Grim Reaper? He's asking you to tell him. And his story isn't over. The very same witness claims to have seen the Grim Reaper again the very next year, right around his ninth birthday. Says he had gone out on a cycling trip with friends at the time with a friend he calls Ronnie, along with Ronnie's brother, Bill. At the time, they were making their way to a peaceful waterfall that they'd been to before, which fed into a creek. It was only about four feet deep. It was as they were all playing there that the witness says he saw a stranger with blonde hair in a tan-colored shirt and black pants. They were standing directly behind Bill. What happened next? Well, he says, panic. He told Ronnie that we had to go and get Bill because there was a man up there. 
Ronnie looked at me, he says, as if I had lost my mind. It's only Bill. What are you talking about, David? And it's not funny, said Ronnie. Well, I started running up there, and so did Ronnie, but Bill was still looking at me with that odd smile on his face. The man was still there. Who are you, I asked the man, but he only looked at me with an expressionless face. No movement, no blinking of his eyes, no nothing. Now both Bill and Ronnie looked at me as if I had completely lost my mind. Said, David, this isn't funny. Now stop it. As Ronnie stepped towards Bill, he must have stepped on one of the many slippery flat rocks in the creek. Ronnie lost his balance and fell over the waterfall into the creek below. Both Bill and I roared with laughter, of course. Neither one of us thought for a minute that Ronnie had hurt himself. But Ronnie had hurt himself. When we got down from the top of the waterfall to that creek below, Ronnie was face down in the water. I pulled him up and discovered he was not breathing. He also had blood pouring from the left side of his head. Well, I screamed, of course, at Bill to go get help at the Holloway residence, about half a mile from us. And Bill took off on his bike, crying as hard as he could. I lifted Ronnie up and got him into a sitting position, and he started breathing again. I had two blue towels that I had brought with me. Both were red quickly as I tried to wrap them around Ronnie's head. As I was doing this, I noticed that blonde-haired man in the tan shirt. He was only about 10 feet away from us. Why don't you help me? I asked frantically. He once again just stared motionless at me. I was only nine, but I knew some choice words and I used them against this man. It had no effect on him. Finally, the man did make a move. He looked to his left, looked back at me, and then he disappeared into the forest. Almost immediately, Bill and Mr. Holloway showed up in his pickup truck. We took Ronnie to the hospital, and Ronnie was bleeding all over us. He stopped breathing as soon as we got to the hospital, and none of the doctors could revive him. A fractured skull usually meant death back in 1960. Plus, Ronnie had lost a lot of blood. It was a miracle he lasted as long as he did. And what was that blonde man all about? What are we dealing with in cases like these? Are these instances of encountering the actual personification of death? Is it just your imagination? Could it be hallucinations? Could it be sleep paralysis? Or is it something else? One theory as to such sightings could be that these are entities of an interdimensional nature, taking the form of what we expect to see. In this case, the angel of death. In this scenario, these are specters that have seeped over from some other parallel realm to somehow trick us for some inscrutable purpose that we may never understand. Is that what's going on here? Or is there perhaps a real grim reaper waiting in the shadows for us to die? There really is no way at all to know, and such cases remain more spooky and curious for our consideration and pondering, if nothing else. It's a testament to the age of old belief in the avatar of death itself. And that's where this share ends. And we are not of the days of old, are we? We are here right now, here today. Lots of modern stuff going on. What do we think of the Grim Reaper today? How did it get started? And don't go all over the internet looking for possibilities, little things that people are posting just because they can. The Grim Reaper is everywhere out there, but what do you think? Have you talked to anyone that claims to have seen the Grim Reaper? Very interesting topic. There are lots of possibilities here, and I am genuinely interested in what you guys think of it all. And thank you for listening.
and I will talk to you all soon.